Nation, Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our tech magician producer, John Posey. The Mystical Underground is a place where the weird and the wonderful flourish, where ideas that are contrary to mainstream materialistic science are explored and the mundane everyday world takes a back seat. You can go to our website, themysticalunderground.com to find out about our nonfiction books, including the most recent one, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, our guest today is Alexis Brooke, a Brooks, a best-selling author, international speaker, and award-winning broadcast journalist. She hosts Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. She's been in broadcast journalism since 1986 in the Boston market. Alexis was simultaneously pursuing a track that would lead to an intensive study of metaphysical, spiritual, and consciousness-related subjects, areas of inquiry that stem from her own extraordinary encounters that began as a child. Recently, a new opportunity has burst into her life, and we'll get to that in the podcast. Yay, Alexis. Glad you're here. Welcome, Alexis. Yay, Robin, Trish, and John. <laughs> happy 2021. I've been telling people happy, wonky, wild, crazy, <laughs> unprecedented 2021 to you. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank God 2020 Thank- is over. <laughs> we had yeah, enough well, we had yeah, enough is it? I mean, this is like the postscript to 2020. <laughs> it's the postscript, exactly. That's a rabbit hole in and of itself, but onward, right? Okay, so give us a scoop on this new gig with the History Channel, and it's the proof is out there. That's How did correct. this come about? Yes, very excited and obviously very honored that the History Channel reached out to me back in August. I can't believe, speaking of 2020, 2020 for me was, guys, it was actually quite full in a good way. And uh, that was one of the the highlights. The proof is out. There's a brand new series. You know, the History Channel is known for uh, sort of taking its own deep dive as much as the mainstream can into some of these fringe subjects that you and I talk about all the time right. and, and make our work. But I have to give them credit because, uh, you know, based on shows like Ancient Aliens and The Curse of mm-hmm. Oak Island, and there's another uh, program with uh, William Shatner called The Unexplained, this is kind of becoming their bailiwick. And so they wanted to bring on yet another show to really take a look and I think meet out the, the goo gobs of footage that's now being recorded with our sm- smartphones, et cetera, and mm-hmm. sounds uh, from all over the world. Look at some of this cutting edge footage and make a determination whether the footage is real or faked. That's like the short sheet on what the show is about. Mm-hmm. And it's led by a, a veteran investigative journalist named Tony Harris. who He's really good. He's very good. He mm. he ran the CNN news desk uh, for I believe six years, oh, wow. uh, left several years ago now. Can't remember uh, exactly when, but very good at what he does. And, it's it's, it's nice know, that they later take, went on to Al Jazeera. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, continue. Go ahead, yeah. Rob. Uh, it's very interesting that they will take both the skeptical side mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're open to the possibility of some of these uh, UFO 
videos and other ones uh, being actually real. So it's it's usually it's so often that people want to believe everything or they don't want to believe anything. And it's right. so it's nice to see something in the middle. And I noticed the one we watched, uh, they had uh, a video of uh, UFOs over Miami, and it was mm -hmm. like. One yeah. uh, one big one, and then a bunch of little ones around it. Then they all took off in different directions, and the guy was showing his hand, the, the cityscape, and his house. And uh, it turned out that it was totally fake. That uh, maybe that, that expert videographer they had on, right? That yeah. was the guy. Maybe that uh, maybe the the what was actually in the sky recorded. Maybe that was recorded somewhere, but it wasn't in Miami. <laughs> right. Well, you said a lot there in terms of, and, and I will be frank, the show, although it's done quite well, it's gone up, I think, 30% each uh, episode. But I will say, and, you know, I just actually interviewed Tony Harris on uh, for my show. That'll come, uh, I, I don't know when your show's coming out, but uh, it'll air on Monday. Uh, we talked about this sort of, you know, this line of demarcation between what's real and what's faked and really taking, keeping in mind that there's also this nebulous gray area and can a verdict actually be reached in, you know, each segment's about five minutes. Now we know it takes a lot more, uh, you know, uh, time for research to, to determine, come up with a determination and, and with their analysts uh, that range from physicists to biologists to uh, in some cases, medical doctors, depending on what mm -hmm. the footage we're looking at, uh, they're really running it through rigorous uh, tests and will come up with a verdict based on their scientific instrumentation. Right. Now, here's what I'll say, and I said this to Tony, and I love quoting Dana Zohar, who's also a physicist, who was talking about the afterlife when she says, people experience things and science will deny the experience because they don't have the instruments of the moment to measure it. Exactly. Meaning that sometimes and many times, I mean, science is not that old, although it's the very respected process, it's still flawed. So I will say that, you know, I'll be frank, there are a couple of shows, I'm not going to uh, do a spoiler, but a couple of uh, stories that I was given where I know that the verdict on their side was it's, it's not real. And mm. I still questioned it. Mm. So I don't, I think the jury is still out on a lot of these things, mm -hmm. but Rob, to your point, I do think in terms of setting a precedent in terms of looking at Training the public to look at anything, including their own experience, with more of a discerning eye and ear and not be so quick to tether yourself to this or that. That's kind of my philosophy anyway, to really just kind of take it in. And sometimes it's an intuitive verdict that's right. Made, not a practical. Well, like, uh, have you seen Leslie Keen or the new series Surviving Death? I've heard about it on Netflix. Netflix. I have not seen that it yet. Well, it's the same type of thing. You know, people have these experiences, and for years, science says, well, that's not true. You know, uh, nobody survives death. You, When your heart stops, you're dead. And yet consciousness, you know, all these people report experiences about their consciousness leaving their bodies and that kind of thing. So it's the same thing you're talking about, Alexis. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of it documented where the people out of their body watching the doctors yeah. and nurses, and they can tell who who was uh, later tell who is doing what and who, uh, who was saying what, which would uh, to, to the doctors seem would seem impossible that the, that person would know what was going on. 
Like you that. actually talked about that, both of you, in uh, Phenomena, of which I had the pleasure right. of narrating for you. And I remember distinctly, I believe it was the woman who uh, had an NDE, was in surgery, and was able to see a sneaker on the roof. That's that, right. that was a crazy Yeah, story. that really was. And it's well known. That's well documented. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, again, you know, look, I, I, I think I represent, particularly on this show, more of the theoretical than the practical. I'm there simply to introduce the concept in context, uh -huh. whether it's UFOs or, uh, oh my God, how many things did I cover? I, d I did do a segment on the afterlife. I don't know if it made the cut or not. Uh, uh, you know, extinct uh, sharks, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. coming up next week. Yeah. Uh, oh, do, cool. do, they still, do they still exist? So I'm really the one to kind of introduce the idea within the context of history. And yeah, this has been talked about. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's true or not, uh, but, you know, people need to know that this stuff has been in the literature forever. Right. And uh, we, it's just not as easy as we think in, in coming up with a verdict. But I think the premise is good and people are liking it. So I'm really, really happy to be a part of it. Yeah, here, I, I thought, you know, I always think of Fox Mulder, so I immediately saw proof as truth. The truth <laughs> is out there. Fox Mulder again. <laughs> that would be applicable, too. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. That's applicable, too. The truth yeah. is out there. Yeah. So, Alexis, did uh, synchronicity play any role in this opportunity for you? Funny you should ask that. <laughs> did I already share this story with you? Because the answer is unequivocally yes. You want to hear a great story? Yeah. I, Trish, tell me if I told you this before. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. Synchronicity, I think it's just ubiquitous in my life. You guys know that. But prior to my hearing from the History Channel, I'll see if I can make it short, I had brought on a sponsor. And as a matter of fact, Trish, I think it was your show that they sponsored. And I'm going to give a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out to Keen.com. I'm going to give them an extra plug. Keen.com is a 24-hour psychic network. They contacted me to be uh, to sponsor my show, which was a thrill. That also happened last year in April. Now, as a part of the package, and I think I can say this, they gave me a comp reading. I'm not a big person to go to psychics, even though I think it's a, a real phenomenon. I'm not one to go to a psychic. But I said, of course, so I could talk about my experience. Well, I had my comp reading from uh, Keen. I had a, a lovely gentleman, I think I did about a 10, 15 minute reading. And he says, Alexis, I want you to get a pen, paper, write some things down. Now I'm obviously not gonna go over all the things, but I will tell you one thing, <clears throat> keep in mind this is in April. He says to me, I see you uh, on a television network. Have you ever heard of the show Celebrity Ghost Stories? I said, of course I have, I loved that show. Loved it, it was years ago. It's kind of like that. I'm thinking History Channel, A&E. Hmm. <laughs> I said, okay. At the time, I said, okay, cool. Sure, I'd love to get on. Uh, I've always wanted to narrate and host my own uh, docuseries. So something like this would, would be up my alley. But let's see. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I just said, I took it out in. He told me a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. I kept that piece of paper. Didn't think too much about it. But every time I went to clean, I would see that piece of paper and say, you know, just hold on to that. Well, <laughs> fast forward four months, right? April, May, May, June. Had he about given you a time frame? Nope, no. which is a good thing. Yeah, I really and again, guys, I didn't think about it, and frankly, I think I forgot about it until I heard from the History Channel oh. out of the blue, and they came after me fairly, you know, strong. They had I almost missed the email. They had emailed me like three times, two different emails. I'm like, these people really want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. After I, you know, met with the executive producer, this went 
for quite some time. I had quite a few meetings before uh, we really got into it. I said, wait a minute. Didn't that guy say, I think he actually said history channel, guys, I have the piece of paper. I will never throw it away. It literally said, I wrote down history channel, A&E. Wow. Got it. <laughs> That's a good it. story. <laughs> we like that one. I like it too. <laughs> so I'll plug to the, to the legitimate psychics out there. There's something going on. And he was very specific. Hmm. He says, you are going to be on a network show. And I think it's history A&E. Well, we know the rest is history, right? So uh, Keen actually re-approached me, didn't know anything about this. But when I spoke with their representative, the, uh, the agency that represents them, and told him the story, he had no words. He's like, are you kidding me? What? <laughs> like, say that again. Like, it doesn't even compute. Huh. You know, and, and it's not just a little piece of information. I mean, we're talking about me going on a network show. So it was kind of cute. It was neat. It was really neat. Did so, you, um, does the psychic know he hit it? I have not talked to him. He, I, I gave the agent uh, that represents Keen, uh, I said, listen, go ahead and tell them. Because I, th I think they'd probably want to know that. <laughs> about endorsement. So I may actually do a little segment on that because it was, it just really was right yeah, that's pretty spot on. Cool. That's yeah. great. Uh, Alexis, how many episodes are there out now of the proof? Uh, proof is out there. I think there's three, four. four. There are four. four. four episode okay. five and six. Again, they're, they're 30 minute back to back episodes mm -hmm. every week. So uh, we're into week three. So it'll be five and six, I believe, oh, coming cool. up. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, and then reruns. I, I think there were some reruns over the weekend. It's doing quite well, and oh, we're already good. talking about season two, which is great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, good. Make it happen, girl. <laughs> doing my thing, trying to represent all of us. <laughs> yeah, great. And there's some okay, great people. Like I said, Tony Harris is awesome, and you know, I don't know. Uh, Diane Pulsilka is a name that you might be familiar with. She's also one of the experts on our team. She's done a lot of work on uh, sort of the nexus between religious and uh, religion and the UFO phenomenon, among other things. So Pulsaka. there may be a couple of names that you know. P-U-L-S-A-K-A. I, I think P-U-L, Pulsuka. I'm not, I'm not sure, but oh, okay. yeah, it's a fairly well known in ufology. What, um, okay, I remember you told me you had had some encounters. You want to talk about that? <laughs> no uh, yes well sure you know i look i i don't think i'm too different than many other individuals who've had brushes with the unexplained because mm -hmm. there's such a broad spectrum guys you know that anything from synchronicity to intuitive hunches to precognition premonition to ufo sightings and yes i have had those throughout my life i wouldn't say they've knocked me over the head. But again, I've had enough, particularly in the area of precogs, to question this was really the impetus for my wanting to explore this this labyrinth of of reality. Uh, because they just, you know, weren't standing up to what I was being told in classical settings. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a minute now, I'm going to question how time really works. And I'm going to question the fact that consciousness may indeed exist outside of the physical form right. at all. Uh, so rather than going to, into, because I don't think I have any, sh I can't deliver any shocking stories necessarily. I, there are a couple, there are a couple that really kind of had my, the hairs raising on my arm. I'll tell you one that happened to me just the other day. I don't know if, if it's, it was an accident or something else. 
I went into the master bedroom and I have a, a, a nice overhead fan and it's got a remote control, which was tucked away in a drawer because I haven't had the fan on for a while. I haven't needed it. Uh, and also a wall, um, you know, wall uh, panel, whatever. And I went in one, just a few days ago and I could, I have a big plant. I have a big uh, palm plant in the room and it was blowing in the wind, blowing in the wind. I'm like, where is that air coming from? There's no window open. And I looked up and the fan was on the highest it could be, which is almost like air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm thinking that the, unless something hit the remote, which was tucked away, hasn't moved for quite some time or what my cat decided to jump up four feet and hit the panel. How did this thing come on? There've been a couple of strange things. And again, I, the proof I suppose is out there, but <laughs> I don't know. How did that thing come on? There've been a couple of strange things happening in the home recently. Uh, another I've noticed when I come out of the, we have a couple of bathrooms, the downstairs powder room, more times than not, there's like a, a small corridor and it can be a little dark but I will see some kind of light in my peripheral vision on either the left or right. It, it can, it can vacillate. It goes back and forth. There's, it's dark, but when I come, when I emerge from the powder room, is it like I an orb? Kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've wondered if there's some, some energy that's stuck there or something perhaps intelligent mm -hmm. Talk to that's in, in space. Talk mm -hmm. to it. Engage. Oh, I do. <laughs> okay. I do. Well, I mean, know, we I... have those strange things in our house too. I mean, I can remember a couple of years ago, I had a hundred dollar bill and I set it on the counter and remember this yeah, and we've never said, found it. Right. You set it on the top of an empty gallon of milk or something. Yeah, water, coffee or, can water, or something. Uh, water. And you, and you said here, and I just left it there, and we can't turn around, and it was gone. <laughs> We've never found that $100 <laughs> bill. It was very strange. You know, it's like <laughs> socks that disappear in the washer <laughs> or the dryer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that brings the whole question of, first, I think the first thing that folks need to do, even the most open-minded of folks, is try a process of elimination. I do that mm -hmm. naturally. Right. Exactly. As open-minded as I am, I'm very pragmatic as well, and I'm going to test it. And right. when you can't come up with anything, then you start to contemplate the idea that there could be something um, paranormal or mm -hmm. unnatural, not unnatural. I happen to think it's very natural, but something unusual going on. Uh, another thing that I, I really think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up for me and a lot in my audience are talking about this persistent uptick in seeing repeating numbers. I mean, oh, we're yeah. way beyond 11. That's way now. beyond synchronicity. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a real Something's part going of on. synchronicity. No question. I, listen, mm -hmm. for me, lately, 55 and 44. Listen to this, Alexis. Megan, our daughter, just did a triathlon. She had to swim 1,500 meters, do a 25-mile bike ride, and a six-mile run. And it wow. was 42 degrees for the swim. She finished in three hours, 33 minutes, and 30 seconds. 33 seconds. 33 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> all those threes, all those baby. Threes, yeah. <laughs> all of those threes, the repeating numbers. And so for me, the it's been 55. Now, I started out, I'm one of the 11-11 family, right. you know, or 11 after the hour for years and years and years. But it's been absolutely unrelenting for me and I know many others that, I, that I've heard from. But uh, 
the 55 invariably at least once a day, and it's almost always on clocks, will be in my face. And what do you think I'm going to ask you, Trish. What, no, what I'm asking you, girl. <laughs> what do you think it means? No idea. Well, okay, let's play with this for a little bit. It, 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 this is a crapshoot for me, right? I don't know. I, I do feel that when you see, you know, this unrelenting number over and over again, there is, it seems, some form of intelligence trying to convey something that it wants you to understand. Mm -hmm. And it could be somewhat of a riddle. It's obviously cryptic. But what I, the only thing I can think of, I heard someone say recently that 55 denotes, among other things, action. It denotes action. <clears throat> now, so but it's also a master number. Is 55 considered a master number? I believe number? so. I don't think 55, I know 22 66, and 11 are. I don't know about 55. It adds up to a one, though, if I remember. Yeah, except with It does. Well, that's the other thing. It, it well, comes with master numbers, you don't break them down. That's why with 11, you don't say, oh, it's 11 two. 11 33, I don't know. Is 55 two? I don't know. We need to look that up. I don't know. You if need you a know. numerologist on here. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. I'm going to look into it more because, it, look, the, the fact is, if it's coming up, repeatedly there is something that you need yeah. to get isn't a message for the collective i i asked that we are also in a five-year numerologically speaking mm -hmm. and i just had a, a a great numerologist on my show we do an annual show uh for the forecast for the following year so we talked about the five and how the five among other things denotes sort of this midpoint between the hard edge and the soft edge when you even look at the the number when you write it out it's comprised of very hard lines as well as a curve. So it's almost like we're going through a transition uh, of energies. Four was all hard edge. And we know, we don't have to say, that that was last year, the four year, uh, what that was all about. So <laughs> if I'm seeing, let's say it has to do with the, the year that we're in, you're getting double that. I don't know. I'm guessing. Well, I always thought, interestingly enough, I always thought of five as a number of freedom. So I don't know how that would apply to 55. I've just looked up the master number stuff, and 55 is included. Yeah, it is. A, yeah. so, it is, it is yeah. included or not? It is. It is, yes. So it is a master number. That, yeah. Yeah, it goes up to 55, 11, 22, 33, 44, and 55. I'm still trying to figure out all of Megan's threes. Yeah. I mean, those are a hell of a lot of threes. <laughs> well, look, I want to say this about the, the number phenomenon broadly. Let's assume that we are, uh, how can I say this? That there are other forms of non-human intelligence mm. around us. I think we can all agree to some extent they exist. I'm very interested in their presence alongside all that's been going on. Maybe we can mm. talk about that. But let's assume that they are making their presence known for good reason, I would say, like never before. And let's say that numbers are among other things, a primary form of communication, mm -hmm. and they're trying to get a message to us, it would make sense that there would be more instances of or interaction with numbers trying to get us. Maybe they're trying to ignite something in, in us that we at some level know. They're mm -hmm. trying to get us to the, the point of epiphany, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but well, I think that was the point of 11 initially. I have looked at 11 within the context of binary code. Again, linking binary code, we know that is a language in and of itself uh -huh. that runs our computers. 
But binary code as it relates, there, there are a lot of stories of ET contact encounters that included what appeared mm-hmm. to be binary code, including the Rendlesham Forest uh, incident right. uh, that involves uh, Penniston. Is it Jim Penniston? It's a, I think uh, that's military. Uh, Jim Jim Penniston, I believe, who when was in Rendlesham Forest had his contact encounter, put his hands on the craft that was in, uh, you know, land, had landed. He among other things saw both raised triangles and felt them. He actually ran his hands across the craft, mm-hmm. but also came up with what looked to be some form of binary code with lots of zeros and of course that. ones. Yeah. And I talked about that in my uh, my first lecture in Australia, and and how really just trying to slew the the eleven phenomenon and where that may fit in with non human intelligence and the language mm-hmm. that they're trying to get us to uh, to understand. So it, obviously it's a deep rabbit hole, but yeah, really, but but yeah. but it does happen. You know, I mean that we we in our seven secrets of synchronicity, the numbers. I think it was that book. Anyway, one of our synchronicity books we just focused on the importance of numbers, you know, mm-hmm. repeating numbers, the clusters. Numbers, yes, absolutely. Here's a question for you, Alexis. Um, what do you think is the meaning, if anything, of sh- of the shortages that are going on, like shortages <laughs> of paper towels, shortages of toilet paper? Of toilet paper. <laughs> oh, wow, that can <laughs> You know. I mean, there must be something significant about this. Yeah, uh, and there's there's, there's we, no reason for it, really. You know, I mean, it's so, supposedly related to COVID. How is that related to COVID? It's not. Well, <laughs> right. You know, the toilet paper shortage, which I think was the first shortage you right. know, when people were sort of running for the, the stores and getting yeah. out the shelves. I could never understand that. However, I will say, and I don't know if there's anything paranormal about this, but I think well, that... Where there is, I'm leading to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just make this point, though. If uh, since this pandemic, obviously it's affected our economy, not the least of which are these massive supply chains mm-hmm. that are carrying product right. from state mm-hmm. to state and over uh, uh, border lines, et cetera. And they're messed up. I mean, they're completely messed up. So there has been a shortage. I know that certain brands that I used to buy, I can't get them anymore. So I think later on in this whole thing, it's making more sense because supply chains are all effed up. Mm-hmm. But, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it to the, to a little bit of a uh, telepathic, not telepathic, that's not the word I want to use. Let's just say intuitive mm-hmm. prompt. On some level, do people know that they're going to need to stock up soon? Because our, like I'm hearing a lot of people crazy mm-hmm. and they're starting mm-hmm. to get the prompts. Perhaps they got those prompts months ago. Remember, people will do things and not even really understand what's right. driving them to exactly. do it. So there may be some sort of an intuitive hit they're getting on a very unconscious level, and they're acting out. Well, here now the shortage is firewood. Yeah, right. So God, this is Rob's story. Yeah, we, this is something new that has uh, <clears throat> uh, happened. That uh, here in South Florida, there's firewood in grocery stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, uh, mm-hmm. every place, all year round. I mean, and it never moves. Nobody Even buys nobody degrees. buys firewood in Florida, South Florida, <laughs> in in uh, in the summer. Well, uh, but so we we've had a kind of a cool winter, and around uh, right around New Year's, we noticed that all the firewood disappeared everywhere. Uh, we would go around. We, we have a fire pit. We like to sit out in the evening once in a while, uh, uh, and. But there was just no firewood, and we kept looking and looking, and I asked at Ace Hardware, and they said, 
Oh, we're out, but next week and uh, next week came and went. No yeah, firewood. No, no firewood. I went to Home Depot and they said, "Oh, we had it and it immediately sold out." And so you know, I was thinking, "Well, there's just no firewood around." And then I accidentally clicked on what is that that app? Offer up. Uh, offer. I actually clicked accidentally clicked on Offer Up, and what what pops up is <laughs> some guy selling firewood. And he happens to live like 10 minutes away, or the firewood is about 10 minutes away from me. And uh, so I called the guy up and he's, uh, uh, he, he's trying to sell me a cord of uh, firewood. And I said, well, what is a cord? You know, it's like 126. Oh, it's a lot. Feet. You know, he, I, he said, at most, uh, we get a half a cord. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like two pickup trucks. You can't get a cord in a pickup truck. I said, no, no, I just want like maybe 15 or 20 pieces, you know, and he said, he, he said he offered me a good deal. And then he, uh, we, he made an arrangement and we, we met in this kind of a strange location where he, his truck was pulled over and I pulled next to him and we transferred the, <laughs> the firewood and he drove off, you know, and suddenly uh, we have firewood again and just, you know, it's like a synchronicity. I mean, well, this uh, is synchronicity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, how I wasn't going to offer up, and uh, <laughs> and and when I did accidentally, there the only thing there was two things up that were showing, and one of them was, I think it was a car, and the other one was firewood. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a synchronicity that has just occurred just now. Oh, oh, oh. Yesterday, I had a conversation with my other half about this idea of prepping. There are a lot of people that feel something's about to happen and and maybe they're reading it, maybe they're feeling it, or maybe it's some combination thereof. I'm one of them. I'm not one to grab my can of beans and run to the hills, so to speak. But I did think about, should we be loading up on water? What if we lose power mm. for some reason? What if there's some sort of an attack? We don't know. Things are so tenuous right now and so incredibly sensitive. And unfortunately, he vehemently disagreed with me. So we're going to agree to disagree. And so I woke up this morning and I said, okay, dear God, if I need to, and firewood, by the way, it was one of those things. Remember, I live in the Boston area. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, right. If we were to lose power, we'd, we'd be effed. <laughs> so yeah. I, but, but hear, need- hear me loud and clear on this one. So this morning I wake up and I said, give me a sign if I need to go out and buy firewood. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> And you bring this up. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So did you go out? Did you get your sign? You just gave it to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what so I you thought. know what I'm going to be doing when I hang up? <laughs> yeah, go look for firewood. I hope, I hope it hasn't spread up there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out and I'll let you know. Uh, you, but, we did, but, we did yeah. uh, go uh, visit our daughter in Orlando and uh, I went to a Publix there. And Publix always has firewood. And they said, no, we don't have any firewood mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> so, so well, this is this is a very serious thing. I mean, we're being sort of tongue in cheek about it, but I mean, when you really think about it, I I happen to feel among all the other weirdness that's gone on in this last uh, nine, ten, eleven months, people are there's a metaphysical, I don't know, almost like a metaphysical infrastructure underneath all that's happening right now. And I have been saying on my show, I believe that we are living in a metaphysically potent time and we don't know what's making that. So has something punctured our magnetosphere is the veil that we talk about somewhat euphemistically going. 
And as a result, are people becoming more intuitive? And based on my sort of anecdotal evidence, I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Yeah, I think so too. I do. And I think collectively it's happening, collectively. which makes it even stronger. Absolutely. And so all of these things that we're talking about, sort of half joking, may have some origin that we are being uh, sort of something something is penetrating us that we don't understand, including the repeating numbers. All of this, mm-hmm. we can connect some dots here. I think there's yeah. something else that's happening that's quite grand and, uh, and, and often will come through tumult, will come yeah, through bumpiness. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Hmm. But I'll tell you. I don't want Trump in Palm Beach. That's only 15 miles west of us, east of us. I think he's going to be the least of your worries. I think what's well, going no, I mean, on. It's, it's the people I who think follow. What's, what's that? It's the people who follow him. Yeah. I think it's much bigger than. Well, anyone. I do too. I think yeah. he was a catalyst, but. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I do think that we're about to uh, head into some rocky times. And I we think. We need to pay attention to the more of the scarcity. Whatever else shows up scarce, <laughs> it means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So much going on. So uh, will we get an answer? Will we get answers? How how do we attempt to connect the dots? I say to people, just stay in a mode of observation rather than participation, particularly when it comes to contentious issues. Mm -hmm. Stay in a mode of observation. Do yourself a favor and zoom out as much as you can. Look for patterns. Trish, you and I have talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patterns are really important. (laughs) Absolutely. And maybe that's part and parcel of why we're seeing the repeating numbers. Maybe it's universe saying, I need you to be acutely aware of Mm -hmm. patterns. I'm showing you some right here, but they're all over. They're everywhere. I agree. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what's next? (laughs) (laughs) Now, also, uh, weird things are happening like with the disclosure with the CIA making this huge dump of uh, UFO documents. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Black Vault where they're stored and just start, you know, clicking on the PDFs, there's so much that's redacted, which isn't surprising, but it makes it kind of difficult to, you know, mm. piece stuff together. And uh, there's also an interesting uh, UFO story on Ross story, which is mostly political stuff. I've never seen anything Mm -hmm. on UFOs on Ross story before, but it's Mm -hmm. uh, about an object that uh, was seen by astronomers, I think this was last summer, moving through the uh, solar system, moving past Earth, and uh, it, it just seemed like except for one physicist, they were all trying to say that it was just a natural object. But this one physicist, you know, just just, uh, just looked at it very closely and it had a very strange shape and it wasn't any, it didn't appear to be any natural shape. And then it took an, uh, then it suddenly accelerated. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm familiar with the story. I'm familiar uh, with the story. This is, yeah, Ari Loeb is the one who ate, yeah, Abby yeah, Loeb. he's a, a Harvard uh, physicist. I'm and, familiar. Uh, Right. The object is named Oma Ah Oma Uma. If I'm not mistaken, this is referred to as the wheel on the sun. If I'm not right. mistaken, and, and again, I don't want to make it a spoiler, but this is one of the stories I covered on the proof is out there, so uh, we will be talking oh, about great. this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll leave it there. 
but I am somewhat well, familiar. Look, leave it there, Alexis. You have to <laughs> no, share. No, I can't. Listen, I'm under contract. I don't need to have the History no, Channel coming after me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but listen, but here's the deal. So let's talk about the UFO sightings. And I have been, again, very, very curious about the drawing a nexus, if we can, between uh, unfamiliar phenomena. I like to make it as broad as I can. Mm-hmm. Un- unrecognized phenomena, unusual phenomena, and all that's going on here with our pandemic and political issues and racial, all of this crap. Can we draw a nexus? So I did a little search on UFO sightings during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. what it has, has been determined is sightings that are reported, here in the United States at least, are up 51% wow. since last year this time. Or I think this was done in uh, April, fifty-one percent. So you know the the Washington Post did a story, and I think the um, uh, Washington Post, New York, New York Post as well. You know, several of the major uh, news uh-huh. outlets have covered it, and they relegated it to, you know, people have so much time on their hands, they're doing more sky watching, and instead of watching birds, they're watching UFOs. So that you know, obviously with a, a fair pinch of tongue in cheek, but the bottom line is more people are reporting fin- uh, unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Or unrecognized phenomena, including one of my uh, viewers and listeners who sent me uh, a detailed. She actually had a sighting. I believe it was in Missouri. I'm not going to say her name, but very detailed. And she sent it to MUFON, and they they sent an investigator. It was very quite interesting. Oh, yeah. So uh, there is something going on here. Not to mention the fact that. Within this COVID-19 $2.3 trillion relief bill is a little provision tucked in uh, for a 180-day dump from U.S. intelligence to give a report on what they know about UFOs. Right. Oh, That's yeah, an right. stimulus yeah. bill. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe 2021 becomes the year of full disclosure. You know? It could be. Or it could maybe be they land. <laughs> hey guys, we're here. Yeah. I think it's going to be convoluted and complex. Yeah, I think so too. There's going to be probably a fair pinch of trickery as well as authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's ever a time where the average person is going to have a fair amount of cognitive dissonance, it'll probably be this year. Mm-hmm. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. A lot of that going on right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg. Buckle up. And yet it's exciting. Look, I think that we are at that precipice, you know, that I talked about when I wrote my book in 2014, when we see the dichotomy of everything, the the opposites that are thrashing forth and on equal playing field, I somehow get the feeling that we are uh, at the precipice of a, a, a change, the likes of which humanity has never seen before. And I think we're pretty much there. This is the paradigm shift. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the thing with opposites <clears throat> is very interesting too, because that's very active now. I mean, you have uh, the mainstream health organizations talking about the pandemic being at the worst ever, about the number of deaths, the number of cases. Uh, and then you have a lot of people in the general public who think it's over, who are, oh, they don't, don't want to wear masks. Completely. And, uh, you know, my daughter just went to, our daughter went to a wedding with 80 people last night, you know? And we said, what? Mm. <laughs> yeah. and it was supposed to be 90, but I think uh, 10 of them had COVID <laughs> or, or were in quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, that A.V. Loeb's book, it's called Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, and it's slated to be released on January 26th. Interesting. 
Yeah. Well, isn't that an interesting time? And what what, yes. what date? Uh, how, what does that add up to? Speaking of numbers, you mean the twenty sixth? One twenty six, twenty twenty one. Let's do the math. Okay, one what, eight nine. 14, 15? No, I'm not good at math. 1, 26, 2021. I'm going to see if I can do it. 26, 20, 20, 1 8. plus 26 plus 2 plus 2 14. plus yeah. 1. That's up to a 5. There's your 5. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> There's your 5. There's your 5. Yes. There's your 5. I had a feeling. That's why I asked. <laughs> so that's... Something's trying to tell us you need to plug into the numbers because the numbers are revealing as, yeah, they really, really are. you know, Pythagoras talked about and so many others, so many of the wisdom keepers We're so, we're being acclimated to speak in addition to the language that we have that who knows may go away. We may become telepathic, but in the interim, somehow numbers are asking themselves or asking us to play more of an integral role in our communication. I'm going to have to break down the word firewood. <laughs> Maybe that's I do that. Also. Well, there you go. Huh. You know, I speaking of, I think it's fascinating too. And it's so funny because I'm so not a math person, but the, when you start looking at numbers is not just digits and formulas, right. but of language and a whole philosophy, you, you can, I, I kind of fell in love with them. And so I do have a habit of taking particularly words that are, somewhat ubiquitous in our mm -hmm. in our world like covid-19 covid-19 was one of those i felt the need to add up so i took each letter c o v i d A 5 plus 1 plus 9 and i believe i came up with 1 9 i believe it's a 1 it, which is a 1 which means what new beginnings interesting mhm mm yeah. Hmm. Okay, we're getting freaked here. <laughs> getting excited too. <laughs> it's exciting. It really is, indeed. Well, now, so is this what you think about when you're in your massive garden out there behind your house? <laughs> oh, I think about all sorts of things. Oh, I love my garden, and I think I don't know. There's lots of thoughts that cross my mind, but what I what I really try to do when I'm there is to be there at that moment and to really really have reverence for the natural world. And mm -hmm. I talk to my garden. I talk to the trees. I have no problem saying that because I know that they're alive. No, not only alive, of course, but intelligent and wise. And I believe that they are willing to listen. You know, the wisdom keepers talked about that as well. And they had, you know, obviously more reverence and, and a relationship with nature. And so I try to take that time. I, I talk to the plants, I'm very. Well, it's like Tolkien knew that too. Remember the Absolutely. ants? <laughs> the Absolutely. ants were the best. Some of the best characters in that trilogy. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but in in more modern science, uh, Doctor the late Doctor Cleve Baxter, who uh, was sort of behind the idea of the secret life of plants, which ended mm -hmm. up becoming a documentary, and his famous experiment where he was, which was not really that pleasant, planning on burning a leaf to see if it uh -huh. would react to AG. But what was interesting is when he not only went through with the experiment, but just thinking about the prospect of burning right. the leaf, it was already hooked up to the EKG and responded to the idea of being right. burned. Yeah, really revelatory. So, well, uh, look what Emoto did with the uh, I, with say, water, absolutely. you know, in his in his books. Mm -hmm. Emoto's work is yeah, controversial but fascinating for sure. Yeah. 
So that's what I think. I think about those sorts of things. And, you know, over the summer, I actually did a, a, a series, it's a seasonal series called Conscious Commentary in the Garden. And many of the themes that I talk about while I'm sitting out in my garden have to do with our interacting with the natural world and what mm-hmm. we can glean from our uh, relationship and falling back in love with nature. It's not just a notion. I think it's pretty powerful. I think it is, too. Alexis, Alexis, Alexis uh, what, what do you think about orbs? <laughs> what do I think? That's, a, that's an open-ended question. What do right. I think I about mean, I mean, you're, the skeptical people on uh, the proof is out there mm. might say that they're just particles in the air uh, well, some of them uh, and are. moisture some when, of them when they show up on camera. Absolutely. Well, here again, guys, I am not one to take a hard or tether myself to they're all this or they're all that. Yeah. There are times where dust particles can mimic what look like orbs. There are Mm -hmm. other times where I feel there is a phenomenon in which is it a plasma? Is it some sort of gas that is intelligent? I've looked at many orb photos. In fact, with my late colleague, I miss her so much, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And examine some of the orbs, and if you, some of them, in some cases, and when you blow, when you magnify these images up, you will see faces in these orbs. Mm -hmm. Now, some might ascribe that to a phenomenon called pareidolia, where people tend to want to see faces and, and things that would otherwise be unstructured. But I would say that I think there is a phenomenon that exists, but Again, if you want to try to meet out or try to get closer to what you may be looking at, is it a phenomenon or not? Look at some of the surrounding environment and experience that might go with seeing these orbs. Mm-hmm. I have several stories about orbs that I've seen, some that probably were dust particles, others that didn't, they weren't, based on how I felt when I was when I would later mm-hmm. see these orbs on uh, on camera or, you know, on film. I'm so, going to send you something. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to remind myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll remind yeah. you too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, I've picked up uh, orbs on uh, film before and camera and digital. And, but I had one experience where I was outside at night. This was in our uh, other house before we moved here and I was in the backyard and this orb came off from the lake and uh, moved uh, right across the yard and over a palm tree and disappeared. You know, I had <coughs> no idea what that was. And that was something I was able to... How long to... ago was that? Oh, that was like years 20, ago. 25 years ago or so. But Alexis, we have one of these little spy cameras, you know, and the, the only reason I got this was to see if there were any spirits in the house. <laughs> so one night about, I think it was around three, I was checking, I mean, the next morning I was checking back through and noticed that at three that night there appeared to be some type of fo- some type of form, which I interpreted to be the spirit of an animal. And in the in the as you look at it and the the, the images move forward, you can see three orbs. One comes through the front door and sweeps through the living room. Another came from the kitchen and swept into the living room. Another was in the living room, just swept along with the others. So, I mean, I felt that those were spirits. I think they're all over. I mean, remember, guys, and you you both know this with the stellar research that you do in terms of what the average human, most humans 
can see within just the visual spectrum is really nothing, (laughs) absolutely nothing. And now we all know Whitley and Whitley has talked about, I don't know if he shared with you, but he he has with me about prior to contact encounter, they -hmm. will sense the energy and in fact, see orbs that he can't detect. So Mm -hmm. the question becomes, why is it that sometimes they allow themselves to be seen or what is it in our visual framework that will allow us a little window briefly to see Mm -hmm. what's probably just teeming all around us all the time. So we have to really just take that into account. And I think that's very, that's factual in terms of what Uh what we're not able to see and what other forms of life like our animal companions can see. Mm -hmm. So it's not that surprising to me. There's some people that have more of a proclivity. I think they their their door for whatever open or their door the doors of perception are cleansed. Somebody uh, where they can see more. Uh, why we don't know, but some people just seem to be more. But I think you can also train yourself to do. I like think you can. Yeah, I have an exercise that I do. Uh, it's called a peripheral vision strengthening because I think a lot of times when we do think we see something, what do we, where do we see it? We see it peripherally, right. not directly in front. And invariably, we'll look in the direction we think it came from. Nothing will be there. Right. So the question becomes, what's happening? Where is? How is it that our peripheral vision may be more plugged into those realms and our direct vision? Mm-hmm. And so I have a little exercise that I do. I'll share with your audience where I particularly coming out of meditation, I will open my eyes. My head will obviously be focused in one direction or my facing in one direction. But as I open my eyes and my gaze should be directly in front of me, I look peripherally Mm -hmm. to strengthen the peripheral vision. So I'll look at the, you know, my, I typically sit in like an Indian pose on the couch. So I'll look at my knees, but my eyes are still straight ahead do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I do. And then what I'll try to do is take the peripheral vision as far back as I can and even name what I see. I see the window to my left, see the mm. window to the right. I see the pillow to my right as far back as I can go. And I just feel intuitively that by practicing strengthening our peripheral vision, we may actually open ourselves up more for seeing what we normally wouldn't point. see. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. We'll pass it on. <laughs> yeah, pass it. Well, you just did. <laughs> yeah, just That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm watching my cat pace back and forth here as we're talking about cats and their what they see. <laughs> yeah. And watch your animals. It's the other thing. Yeah, it is. Right. Watch your animals. And see, I, I think they're fascinating to watch. And there's no doubt they see more than we do. Yeah. And so. More. The what? And here and smell. Yeah, right. Nigel just starts barking madly sometimes and running about, and we have no idea what he's doing <laughs> what he's or saying. why he's doing yeah. that. Yeah, I did uh, very briefly. I, I, I was so lucky to get to lecture in Australia two years in a row, and I miss it. I was there this time last year, as a matter of fact, probably getting ready to come back to the States. But the last uh, a year ago, the lecture I did was based on animals, ETs, and us What's the connection Mm -hmm. where I really focused in? As a matter of fact, Whitley was kind enough to give me um, some research for that lecture. And I really wanted to make the case that animals may act, at least some that we call companions, as emissaries to the the non-human Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
it was a great lecture. It was received quite well because so many of us are so connected to our beloved animal companions, but I think there's so much more than we give them credit for. They may be here as teachers as well as companions and may be representing uh, the ET world in many cases. And when you hmm. think about some of the species that have been talked about within the field of ufology and how many of them are uh, tied to animal species that we're familiar with, including the reptilians, right. mantid or mantis, feline beings, yeah, bird true. beings, owls, etc. Yeah, so there's something going on there. There's something going on with the presence of animals and and what are they here to, to maybe, maybe they're here acting as a bridge to get us closer to that non-human intelligence that have, that's been eluding us for so long. Mm-hmm. This is when I look at Nigel and say, Nigel, talk. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what you know. <laughs> and they can. Haven't you yeah, talked to yeah, people they do. Who, who talk to their animals telepathically or communicate with their animals right. telepathically? Uh, no. You mentioned the you mentioned the uh, praying mantis uh, <laughs> beings. That it's, it seems like they are uh, like the bosses of the greys uh, in many of the stories. That they're the ones that seem to be. I don't know if they're controlling them or manipulating them or just uh, managing them. But uh, it, over and over, you uh, hear these stories about the you know larger <laughs> beings that. Uh, exist and that there will be just maybe one, but well, there will be, you know, a number of, of greys involved with mm-hmm. humans in some way or form. I have talked oh, to experiencers that have had encounters with what they roughly describe as mantid or mantis form. And one recently, and I'm trying to remember uh, who it was, spoke about being on a on a table in the, like a, a doctor's table on a craft and was operated on by what was described as a mantis being in a white coat like a oh doctor's coat oh <laughs> no that's freaky yeah, yeah. well of course stories are but but again we have to be so careful because there's species and variations of those species right. i heard of the mantid beings being talked about in a benevolent way as well as a malevolent way right. and, yeah. and even a neutral way Grays, same thing. You've got tall grays, short grays, the, right. you know, the grays that seem to be more AI than organic. Yeah, so, kind of so many species and subspecies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fascinating. I mean, we, we could sit here and talk about ufology all day and never get to the <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Big mystery. Yeah. But I say that we're, we're I always say we have skin changing. in the game. Yeah. Something, something is changing for sure. So it's it's probably going to be a long dump <laughs> and wherever yeah. it comes from. And I, I'm really not necessarily looking for our so-called uh, authorities no. to give up the goods because I don't think they're positioned to, frankly. I, I think they'd they like us the to goods. think. They I don't, don't think know they know. The I think they'd like they us to know. pieces, you know. I think they'd like, I think they would like us to think they know. Exactly. Right. So they can stay in control. Mm-hmm. But frankly, I really think if disclosure is to come, maybe it's already here. It's going to come from the bottom up, right? Or from the beings themselves, and maybe the beings are holding the government's feet to the fire to say what they know. Who knows what's going on? Yeah. Is the proof out there doing anything on the uh, to the stars academy and what they're involved in? I know I didn't work on anything, so okay. I'm not sure. 
Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised because they, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that came up. I think they're so, really trying to cover the gamut. Yeah. How many episodes are they going to have in season one? Ten. Oh, okay, Ten. great. Yeah. And so they've okay. already renewed it for a second. Uh, I know that we're talking about season two, so. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't know in terms of official dumb, but yeah. Well, absolutely. keep us posted, Alexis. This yeah. is so exciting. Yeah. I got such a kick out of seeing you on there. I thought, oh, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm coming up on Tuesday. Uh, okay. With uh, my new buddy Tony Harris, he's awesome. We, I, we, you got to watch the show. I, when is this show airing? Actually, that we're having right now, John. Uh, probably in two, uh, next. Probably two weeks. No, two tonight. Oh, tonight. <laughs> tonight. Okay, great. Okay. Fantastic. So we can Perfect. talk in present tense. Perfect. Right. Well, yeah. I'm going to have everyone, if I may, tune in to my. My show, Higher Journeys, I'm going to put in a shameless plug right now, where we'll be showing a clip from the upcoming episode Tuesday of The Proof is Out There. But my interview is with the host of Proof is Out There, Tony Harris. And we had an excellent discussion about all the things that we're talking about. And moreover, the transparency that he feels is needed now within mainstream media to Mm -hmm. talk about these things. So it was a really good conversation. Great. And everybody, what time does the show come on? Give, Give the listeners... Some details. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 Central on Tuesdays. On Two 30-minute back-to-back episodes. Okay. Right, oh, this has good. been great, Alexis. Now, you have to come on again when you get another gig. <laughs> be with some other <laughs> extraterrestrial show. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I think good. there'll be no shortage of things to talk about. So, And listen, I just want to too. say congratulations to the both of you on Mystical Underground and taking your game up a notch and and uh, i know people are really enjoying it so kudos to you and thank all you the best. and we'll be talking about it on higher journeys as well okay well good can't wait okay. yeah yay okay i'm gonna send you that video too just so you have it okay. <laughs> deal okay i'll text you as to remind you as soon as we have <laughs> okay all right well thanks so much thank alexis. you alexis good talking to you again keep those numbers coming you as well thank you guys appreciate <laughs> okay. you take okay. care Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.